I'm Laurie Mallon, and this is the Results Without Restriction podcast, the show where results have nothing to do with weight and everything to do with setting and reaching health and fitness goals that focus on what we're achieving and not what we're losing. We'll talk about deprogramming from diet culture and get expert advice on reclaiming your relationship with food and movement. Join me on this journey to get results without restriction. Welcome everyone. I am here with Megan Caldwell. She is a personal trainer and a health coach who helps busy moms prioritize their own self-care and find ways to truly feel like their best selves in every aspect of their lives. As a wellness and empowerment coach, she helps her clients move past overwhelm and exhaustion to help them find strength and confidence in both mind and body. Welcome, Megan. Good morning. How are you? Okay, Megan, let's dig in here. What I want to do is start with, tell me your backstory. Tell me how we got to this point. Yeah, I find it so interesting uh, when we take a look at our own stories. Each of us have our own stories. I started in my professional career in education. So I was a high school special education and math teacher. I was also a basketball coach, Um, very engulfed in my career and loving it and had my first kid. And as those of us that are moms know, perspective change, priorities change. And my own health was suffering as I was trying to balance motherhood with balancing career. Brand new mom, I had actually stepped into a new role working at a university, coaching and teaching teachers. And I got to a point where for the first time, I I really felt my own mental health suffer, where I was having anxiety and panic attacks. And I got to a point where I said, I can't do this anymore. So my husband and I um, picked up camp. We were in Los Angeles and we moved up here to just outside Portland, Oregon, which is where we had family. And I said, I just want to be a stay at home mom. I just want to stay at home. I just want to raise this baby. I just want to be a stay at home mom. Just, like, i.e. the hardest job in the entire world, because Literally. I learned that, that I would not be my best self in that full-time stay at home mom role. So four months um, after moving up here, I had the opportunity to own and operate a fitness franchise for moms called Fit for Mom. And I took that on and I dove in and it was awesome. I could bring my kids to work. I ran the business out the home. I grew from a small thing into this great big entity here in Portland where at one point I had a team of 14. I was nationally recognized by the organization. All these great things. Um, I welcomed two more babies into that space while I was in that role, this entrepreneurship. And it was such an amazing season of my life. And from the outside, it looked like I had everything put together. I had three healthy kids. I had a marriage. I had, you know, this really successful business. And underneath the surface, I was just pedaling constantly. I was putting my own wellness on the back burner again. And I hit burnout for the second time in my first two careers. And I had women ask me weekly, Megan, I don't know how you do it. You've got it all put together. And here I am leading these other moms and women. And I'm saying, oh, yeah, I know it's hard, but like I'm doing it and I'm I'm leading. And so it didn't take me till it was about five years ago where again I hit I hit a low and I recognized this is not where I want to be. I don't want to be putting my kids on iPads so I can continue to serve others. I don't want to be disregarding my marriage. I want to feel good. Um, and what does that even mean? So I got to the point where I didn't. I didn't even know what I needed, but what I learned is I needed to prioritize my own well-being first. I started seeing a therapist, but when I started taking care of my own sleep, my own fitness, my nutrition, stress management, boundary setting, time management, all these different pieces. When I started taking care of this, I was able to start to shift to see what does Megan need? Because I know I can be successful, but how can I be successful and also take care of myself? Because I truly believe that when we as women take care of ourselves first, 
then we can serve better. Where this led to is I ended up selling my fitness franchise. I recognized in my own journey and the work I was doing in the fitness space that wellness is more than just fitness. So I truly believed when I was in the in the fitness franchise that if women just came to my classes, like all the problems would be solved everything would be good. You're going to hit your goals. And again, through my own journey and just the work that I've done with women, it is more than just fitness. It's taking a look at our own holistic being, identifying what are our needs, what are our desires, and then setting up sustainable habits to keep us feeling the way that we want to feel. So a lot of it got me to this point, one, on my own journey, two, again, being in, in the fitness space and recognizing that movement is a piece of the puzzle, but what else is needed here? So I now kind of preach um, five pillars of health. So movement and fitness is one piece of it. Hydration kind of has its standalone pillar because it's got such benefits. And it's, it's one of those domino habits, I call, where when we have hydration in place, oftentimes other things fall into place. Nutrition, we're taking a look at how we fuel our bodies rather than deprive our bodies. We look at sleep. And then the biggest piece of the work I do in my coaching work across the board, I'd say, is stress awareness and stress management, figuring out how do we move through obstacles because we could have the best plan in place for fitness and nutrition. And again, when your kid gets sick, when a life event happens, when you move, it could all go out the window. All of the things that you mentioned, fitness, nutrition, hydration, stress management, boundaries, all those things. I love these because these, when I was a coach, this was, these were all part of my program called Results Without Restriction, which was not about looking at what we can take away and what we can force ourselves to do, but what are we adding? What are we, what are the things that are outside the gym or outside the kitchen that impact our health and wellness? So I love that that is, is part of your um, program as well. I love that you include boundaries and time management because a lot of people do not recognize how those two things can impact your physical, mental, emotional health, and that you are protecting your resources, you are protecting your energy, you're protecting your peace when you have boundaries and you it's a, it's a critical piece of self-care. So I love that you have incorporated those. Hydration. I am the worst at drinking water. My husband's always like, mm-hmm. whenever I have some kind of physical, oh, I have a headache, or oh, I feel tired, or this, how much water have you been drinking? Finally bought a big, like half gallon jug. And I'm yes. like, okay, this it, it's happening. This is what I'm going to do. And I started drinking two of those a day. And I was like, is this what people feel like every day? It was such a difference. Tell me more. Like, how did you feel? Like a brand new person. My husband was like, I do not even want to hear it. I do not want to hear it because I have been, he's been preaching this to you for years. He has been saying it for like a decade. And I'm finally like telling, like I'm, I'm coming back to him. Like it's brand new information. I'm like, did you know that if I drink all this water in one day, I feel so much better. My stomach felt good. I don't know how else to describe it. No more headaches every day from dehydration. I think it's one of those things that people often like hear hydration and they just think it's so basic. Like, what is that actually going to do? What is, our body is made up of like 90% water or something, right? It's like something crazy like that. And so this is exactly like the ahas that, and it doesn't always just take a week or two for women to figure out how to make it work. I do find the vessel. So the water bottle and having it accessible can be like one of the, the easiest ways to help consume more water. But that's exactly what I work with with my clients is figuring out how do certain actions, especially when we get into hydration and, and nutrition, is how do certain things actually make you feel, right? Because you could be told that like X number of ounces of water is what you need 
per day. I know for a fact I need close to 100 ounces. If I go less than that, I just feel parched. And that is just me building this habit over time. I have other women who are trying to build up from 16 ounces a day to 24 ounces a day, right? And just figuring out what is that number that that you and your body needs first what you're told you should be doing. Well, the other part of it that was key for me was having a big container that I didn't have to keep refilling because if I have yeah. to keep refilling it, it's not going to happen. And right. when I brought this jug home, it's like a half gallon. He laughed at me and he's like, you have a million water bottles. Why don't you just use those? And I'm like, because they yeah. only hold 20 ounces. I have to keep getting up. I have to, like, if I have to refill it, it's just not going to happen. He can't wrap his head around why that's hard for me. And I'm like, I can't either, but listen, this is just where we are. This is what I need. And it I, works. And it right? works for me. So for me, it was making it so super stupid easy to just right. have it there and not have to like even make more work for myself. Like don't put speed bumps like on your own path to success, right? Like make right. make your make your plants easy to water, okay? Just like make it super simple for yourself. Right. And then stress management, I love that that is a big part of your program because when you're not doing that, that has such far-reaching impacts, physical mental and emotional. I don't think people realize that having an active stress management strategies in place can have that much of of an impact on their physical health because it trickles down to everything. Totally, totally. And we know, we know for a fact that that increased stress and increased cortisol levels will lead to other health challenges down the road. And so even if it's thinking about those longer term things, I work with a lot of women who have anxiety who have ADHD, who have kind of these higher levels of sensory input, if you if you will. What you need for stress awareness and management when you're out and about at the grocery store is going to be different than when you're doing work in your office. And not only that, but there's like that chronic low-grade stress, and then there's like yes. life event stress. And I think that the, the chronic low-grade stress is so sneaky because you yes. don't even realize, like you recognize when, oh, somebody close to us passes away, that's stressful, or somebody right. loses a job or something like that. Like, that's an event right. you can recognize, okay, this is stressful. The constant little things that are like, what's that phrase? Like death by a thousand cuts. It's cumulative. Yeah. So. And I think that was a really big aha in my own journey is when I was working with, with my therapist is she brought that to my forefront to say, Megan, you have been living in this state of stress up here, that it's not surprising that you have trouble making decisions. It's not surprising that you blow up at your kids when they do nothing. It's not surprising that conversation with your husband's tense, right? Because when we are in this constant state, and again, it doesn't mean, yes, there's acute, as you said, like acute life events, the death of a loved one, a big move, whatever it is that will trigger great levels of stress. But it's more of all of these, just like the hustle of everyday living that over time really catches up to people. And that's where I find women seek me out is they say, I don't want to do this anymore, right? I know that I can do this, but I'm at a point where I don't want to, it doesn't feel good. I think too, another factor in there is like social media. So we see everybody Everybody's mm-hmm. dying for the award of most busy. Look how many things I'm doing. Look how right. um, look how many things I'm I'm in charge of and I'm covering and I'm I'm doing this and I'm here and them. And it's like I feel bad about myself if I'm like, man, I just have like these three things and I'm overwhelmed. And I'm like, what's wrong with me right. that I can't even like manage my life with these three things? And so and so over here is showing me your highlight reel where she's doing all these different things. Of course, she's snapping like a twig as soon as she gets home, but she's not showing that. So we are all kind of comparing our behind the scenes to every 
everybody else's highlight reel and we're feeling kind of bad about ourselves about what we feel like we should be able to handle. Totally. And I think that so many women suffer from that is just that the comparison truly is the thief of joy, right? If we're constantly comparing ourselves to the rest of the world, to other people's highlight reels, yes, then when we see that and we feel that we're like only down here, we self-sabotage, right? We, we continue to ingrain stories that do not serve us. One thing I work with women when we talk about just even measuring success is how do we measure progress and not just, again, up over perfection, right? Perfection being what you see on that person's Instagram. What are our measures of success? Because very well, what you're seeing on the screen isn't even how you want to measure yourself. It's a little tricky too, because we have diet culture, we have socialization of like how we're measuring success are always these numbers. Right. But there has to be like a qualitative way to look at how we're improving different areas of our life yes. versus a quantitative and saying, how do we measure how we're improving or how we're making progress without getting into numbers that aren't necessarily indicators of health or indicators of anything right. that's, that's really helpful. Right. I totally agree. I, there's one exercise I do with clients, which I call the joy exercise, which is really figuring out like, what are the pieces that are missing in your life that you want that will bring you joy? And for some, it's like peeling back the layers to say, well, I really think it's this. I used to do this and recognizing, okay, that actually doesn't serve me. Or in the season of life I'm in, I can't do that activity, right? And it's figuring out ways exactly that. At the end of the day, I want my clients to feel good, right? And we know that feeling good isn't going to be a, a number on the scale. It's not going to be the size pants that you're wearing. Again, in this culture where we are constantly trying to rise to a certain standard, what happens when you hit that number? What do we often do? We then try to go up to the next and the next. And it's like we're constantly striving rather than also just recognizing where you are, how you can be happy in that moment. Right. It's never enough. When you're like, okay, well, if this feels good, well, what about more? And what about more? Right. And then, and then we're, we're constantly on that, that hamster wheel of going to the next thing. Not to mention we're, we're socialized to think, you know, that if you hit this number, the pant size, the, the scale, that's going to be some kind of measure of happiness, measure of you as a person. And yes, we do live in a society that treats people better the smaller they are. So they're, they're going to enjoy right. benefits just by society, by achieving these things, but it's not, it has nothing to do with your happiness and your life and the things right. in it. Right. Because we know that sometimes the people that look that standard are the most unhappy, right? It's figuring so, out what are, what are those things that make you tick? What are those things that are going to really make you feel good and make you feel like you are thriving? All right, Megan, talk to me about your programs, how people can work with you. What does it look like? I have been loving the work I've been doing in the wellness and empowerment coaching space. That's what I call myself, a wellness and empowerment coach. Um, because again, I want to walk alongside someone until they feel that they can just take it on their own. Currently, I'm taking on new one-on-one -on -one clients in my wellness coaching, which I do primarily virtually, so you can be anywhere. And I have what I call the best self package. It's how do we help you feel like your best self? And kind of as we've talked about today, take a look at some of those basics like the hydration, nutrition, movement. And then we do get into the boundary setting. And really, it's tailored to whatever a woman needs. So I have some women who really like to dive deep into that nutrition space and, and work or it's mindful eating. And I have some women where I just do a lot of work around organizational and time management stuff. It's everything, not just fitness. It's not just foods. You do a lot of mindset work and empowerment yep. and why that is integral to building a practice that's sustainable over their lifetime. 
empowerment. I'm curious if people use that word to describe what they want. It is what they want. Mm. They want to be empowered, but are they using that word? Are they like, man, you know what? I could really use some empowerment today. How can I, how can I get empowered? But, but the right. thoughts that they have that mean that are more like, man, I wish I just felt like I wasn't always like at the end of my rope. I'm not always exhausted. I really wish I could like offload this onto somebody else, or I wish I could just kind of like clear my schedule and take some time for myself. Yeah. I find that women don't often use that word empowered or empowerment, but more so we're hearing it kind of exactly like you said, um, more, I want more of a sense of control which comes down to kind of, again, the way the brain works in terms of that all or nothing mindset is we want it this way or this way. Well, how do we find that happy medium, right? I also find women and just in the work I do with the crossover between wellness coaching and training clients, physically training clients, is just this feeling of strength and this feeling of energy, right? Because one of the number one, um, I guess, challenges that the women I work with face is just this constant feeling of exhaustion And like, we're constantly spinning the wheels. So how do we work to change things? So there's not so much brain power um, put in that space. So we do feel more empowered and we feel more in control, if you will, of, of what we're choosing to do with our life. The human brain is such an interesting thing, which has evolved over millions of years. And we just naturally, as humans, our brain goes to the negative as a safety mechanism to try to protect ourselves as humans and keep us safe. And so part of the work that I do with women is helping them shift that mindset to adopt a more positive mentality. Not to say that there's not space for negative thoughts and for pain and for all of that, but just learning how to um, reframe certain situations so we can continue to move forward in the direction we are wanting to go. So is this kind of like a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly that. You know, fixed mindset being that you are set in your ways, but the cool thing Um, especially I've got a background in education is human brains are adaptable and malleable. And so just being able to recognize um, that we have the power to, to change our brain, change our thinking, just as we do any other habit that we're looking to change. Right. And so habit change and all of these kind of grooved in patterns like neuroplasticity, it's the power to be able to go in and say, this is the way I normally would approach, like not even meaning to, but just my default mode of when this happens, Mm -hmm. this is what I think, this is how I feel. You can reprogram that. That is mind boggling that you can change the reaction you have to something just by observing the pattern of what you normally do and stopping it and saying, this is how I want to think about this. And then you start to do it. Exactly. And I think that we live in this culture and society where we're constantly on the go. I work primarily with busy moms who are just like holding all the roles and constantly go, go, go so many expectations that oftentimes we don't even take the time to pause to recognize that we do have the power to make those changes in brain and in body. Something that I've noticed and that something you're doing physically can change where you are mentally. Like it really changes your state when you do something physical. I do believe that movement is one of those kind of keys to unlocking women's health. When we can figure out how to insert regular movement, intentional movement and purposeful movement, as I call it, then we start to see some of the other shifts in their wellness happen too. It's just such an unlock for a lot of people. Kind of connecting two of the things that we've already talked about, the, the brain piece and the thinking piece with the movement piece of this, what I find um, 
with a lot of the women, the women that I work with is that we have these preconceived notions as to what fitness, what exercise needs to be just based on the way that we are raised. So we have this notion that it has to be a 60 minute class. It has to be hard and sweating. It has to be at the gym. It has to be all these things. And so then we fall into this all or nothing mindset of, well, I didn't make it to my 60 minute class. So I might as well just start again tomorrow or I'll try again tomorrow. As opposed to recognizing the power of, again, a lot of the women I work with are working moms and just being able to take three 10 minute breaks throughout your day or five minute breaks even to just get up and move your body. Is that walking up and downstairs, putting your laundry in? Is it a light stretch? Um, And again, just working to shift the mind because when we change the mind, we can then help change those actions for long-term success. For me, it's like lifting weights. Mm -hmm. If I can just take a few minutes, take a few minutes, lift some weights, my whole day is different. Yeah. And there's so much research behind, obviously, just the power of movement, whether it's strength training, whether it's going out for a leisurely walk and just the power of moving your body and the endorphins come up and, you know, clearing the head some. Um, I think also, you know, there's this, this saying, I guess, that motion changes emotion. It's even something as simple as, okay, you're sitting at your desk, you're working on a work project, you're getting really frustrated, you're feeling the anxiety come in as you can't figure it out. Even just to physically remove yourself from that space and change your location, right? It's the physical movement. And then it's also just being in a different space can have so much power. That's why my watch is always like, all right, Laurie, <laughs> get up and go somewhere else for like five minutes. You don't have to do anything. Just go be somewhere else for five minutes. Stand up. Just stand up. Yes. Things will look a little bit different when you sit back down. Totally. And I think that one thing that I'll often share either with clients or if I'm doing you know, presentations or workshops is just to remember that as human beings, again, we talked a little bit about the human brain, but as human beings, we were naturally born to be moving creatures. Hundreds of years ago, we were hunters and gatherers. And so just naturally, our body doesn't care for the sedentary lifestyle. And over the last couple hundred years, what do we do? We sit at our jobs. We sit and consume social media or TV or even sit and read, right? Do we just have such a sedentary lifestyle that our body actually craves it? And so I love this because we just covered physical activity impacts mental state. And then the way you think about how you move can also impact how often you do it. And then it's kind of like a back and forth, like change the way you think about what activity needs to be. You're going to do it more often. You're going to have that physical movement that's going to change how your brain is kind of working at the moment and it's, it's going to snowball. It totally is. And it like comes down to that concept of the chicken and the egg, right? Where, which one comes first? Which one do you need first? And I feel like for a lot of people changing up here can be really challenging. So why not start by just trying to move your body? Start with five minutes and then see where that goes because it, it's hard to just change the thoughts to then change that behavior, right? Got to take action and learn from it. Like whatever new habit you want to have, do something this big and then just let that momentum push you to keep doing other things and keep it going. Building sustainable, healthy habits is at the base of my wellness coaching. I see so many women come in and saying, I want to feel better. I want more energy. And they've tried all these extremes in the past, which work for so long, right? We can do an intense workout program for eight or 12 weeks. And then what happens is eventually life happens. You get sick, you travel some variable changes, and then we fall off and need to come back. And that's why my approach is start small, use habit stacking, you know, again, success builds upon success. So if we can just find tiny success, recognize it and celebrate it. Do you do online and virtual personal training? 
I do. Majority of my business is online and virtual. A lot of strength-based personal training, as we know that's so important, especially as we age. I weave a lot of the wellness coaching work into it. My training approach in the in the physical space, but it's all about functional movement. It's what type of movement do we need and how can we gain strength so we can continue to enjoy the activities that we want to be doing when we're 70, right? Oh, yeah, man. as we get older, things are things are different. They're more so challenging. Yeah. They are more challenging. There are things I need to be doing so that I can keep moving. It's not always going right. to be this easy. My target market is busy moms who are feeling overwhelmed and I help them find that confidence, find that strength in both body and mind. So I do some in-person personal training, but most of the stuff I do um, is via Zoom, either personal training and the wellness coaching as well. I love that. Now you do like real-time Zoom session. Like Most of my clients I work with one time a week um, and we'll do one live 45 or 60 minute session, depending what we're set up on. Um, and then I do use an app where I can program and other workouts for them as well to do on their own time. I also um, have a bank of live recorded workouts um, from my group fitness virtual classes. So I'll often direct women to to some of those as well for those that prefer to like work along with something as opposed to just check exercises off a box. <laughs> it's nice to at least feel like you're working out with somebody like when you're right. you're home alone, but at least you feel like you have some kind of support. You have a free gift for our audience. It is the weekly wellness tracker. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah, this is something that I created based on um, different trackers, different planners that I've personally used that I've used with clients in the past. Um, I find oftentimes when women feel so far off track or want to work towards some type of change, one of the, the easiest ways to plan and see success is using some type of tracker. So I've set this up pretty simple. Um, it, you can track kind of my five uh, basic wellness areas or you can put your own stuff on there. And I um, use it as both a planning tool as well as a tracking tool. When I say tracking, I want it to be a space where you check it off or you put the sticker on to celebrate because as we've talked about, like our brain wants to see success. And I love this even more so. I know that some women start with this with me and then move into an app or move into the regular planner, but having kind of your wellness in one space can be really powerful. I am one of those physical write out my, mm -hmm. so I can check things off because I, I have tried to get into apps for it, but something, because it's so easy, right? You have it on the app. It's all organized. You can like, blah, blah, blah. but something about seeing it on a piece of paper, checking a box, putting a sticker, seeing it done. Yeah. It's, it has so much more of a, a mental impact. I agree. Yeah. And I think the physical writing of it, there's research behind that just says that that will ingrain more into your into your brain into your psyche you know like to help you find success like yes apps definitely have a place and for some women that is what works at the end of the day find what works for you Megan what I like to do at the end of every episode is have my guests give us their top three tips the first one is just to remember the season of life that you're in oftentimes we are comparing ourselves back to our past selves and discarding that, oh, now we have families, or now we live in this area, or now our bodies are older, right? Um, remember the season of life that you're in, and also remember what's within your control. Because it's very easy to get caught up on everybody else's ish, or things that are outside of our control. So to just remember when making change, remember the things that we do have the power to control. 
My second one is giving yourself permission. I think as busy women, especially moms, um, again, we are constantly in this giving mode. That is what society preaches to us is that we we should be meeting everybody else's needs. We should be giving all the time. Um, give yourself permission to prioritize yourself. You have to, until you give yourself permission and recognize that you can take time for you, you can put your own needs first. Um, it's really hard to make change because otherwise you're doing it in a resentful state. I heard a lot of shoulds. So if you're having that thought where you're like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Should that be like, a that should, should be a flag where you're be, like, yeah. wait a minute. We could talk a whole episode on this constant of shoulding ourselves. Give yourself permission and identify what are the things that you actually want to do, what you need and want to prioritize. And then I think the last piece of advice is just don't feel like you have to go it alone. There is such great power in accountability and camaraderie, whether it's finding a group support, whether it's having an accountability buddy. Or if you are ready to take it to that next level, finding a coach, finding somebody who can help guide you and be your cheerleader, give you tools and support and help you work through the change that you're looking to have. We know for a fact that motivation is going to come and go. So if you're feeling motivated to start something, reach out, find a buddy, find a coach, right? Because when you come to your lower points, that's when you're going to want to have some systems in place and have some type of support. So... Absolutely. Megan, this has been so great. I am so happy that I got a chance to chat with you today. Now, I have all your links. I have your website. I have all of your social media links. I'll be putting those in the show notes, as well as um, awesome. some of the links, some some other things that we kind of mentioned, like some studies you talked about. So I'll put that in the show notes as well, and the links to book a call with you and connect with you directly. Megan, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. This was fun. Thanks for listening. And if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Check out our show notes for this episode where you can find any of the links and resources that were mentioned during the show and connect with a health and wellness provider committed to helping you ditch diets and achieve results without restriction. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.